Hello there, D&D aficionados and good peoples of the role-playing pantheon. Welcome to... Part 2 A Crimson Nid podcast that will journey with four wayward adventurers into the heart of the Southlands, a land of mystery and adventure, where riches and dangers await those brave enough to cross the wild expanses. My name is Stacy, and my player and game master handle is Dagaba. The campaign setting is Southlands from Cobalt Press. We are using the D&D 5e rule set, and we game using Fantasy Grounds Virtual Tabletop. So, no more to be said. Let's just sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. Welcome to session 19 and our recap time. And our re-recording, because we forgot to press the record button jerk right right from the get-go <laughs> what stands out from last session other than bruce's running to and fro mittens in every pot the dwarf seemed like he had an agenda he gathered the coins and freely shared them splitting them evenly with everyone or did he possibly not <laughs> are you gonna comment every time she says something here if there's a question mark at the end of the sentence yes of course <laughs> Clicker was coming to after her terrible miscalculation. Her arm was dislocated. The untrained barbarian Brexit tried to aid. Or did he? Of course not. Someone let slip. The satyrs are after a, tr a rare object called a Vrillstone, and Brad turns over, every, er, turns over every rock. Or did he? Maybe. Thorne mentions there's an underwater entrance at the back of the Zenote. Brewster dives under and returns a few minutes later. Here, there, Gatha. There be nothing but hats back there. Or is there? Thorn lies. <laughs> oh, I wasn't the one that said it, but okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was my my Mick, my Mick accent. But just in general, Thorn lies. It's just that's canon. Carte blanche. Yep. I never lie. So what do you say? Brock has something to hide, right? It's a plot against. It's only because you're incredibly attractive. No, that's a lie. You <laughs> can't say that. That's not a Bruce saying. That's Norbert. Norbert would say that. He used to say everybody was attractive. Norbert's such a good bloke, but he's when dead. When you look like Norbert, then, yeah, everybody else looks pretty attractive. You need all the help you can get. He's shelling when... out all the compliments. Oh, Lord, already. Yeah. Have we destroyed your um, introduction? <laughs> Brock has something to hide, right? It's a plot against... What are you guys gonna? What's the? What are we calling you guys? We're gonna give you guys a name. I say Volt. Oceans Falling. four and a half. Oceans four and a half. Well, it'd be three, three and four quarters. Yeah, that'll do. Three and four quarters. <laughs> three and four. Quarters. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oceans three and four quarters. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Does that mean we have to cut Bruce up into four quarters? That would be interesting. <laughs> that would be entertaining. <laughs> and then roast him slowly over barbecue. Clicker's studies from ages ago, and what now seems the life of a stranger, delved into the lore of aberrations. Although exhausted, she exclaims in a weary voice that the freshly defeated creature is a chull, a minion to aboleths. And so, with an extra sip of caution, it is time to brush off the magnifying glass and do some investigating. After all, although you now have coins, you still haven't found the object of your quest. 
You dive into the deeper waters of the cenote and swim through a ten-foot entrance. On the other side, you are greeted by a glowing lichen that gives off dim light and a partially submerged ancient stonework floor. Past the entrance arch is a large skeleton flanked by two altars on which sit carefully placed objects and gems. Once more Clicker's knowledge about aberrations comes to bear, the large skeleton is that of a long-dead abolith. She freaks out and asks you to help her destroy it, lest it come back to life and lay waste to all of you. But you are busy looking for traps about the potential loot, and you pay no mind to the distraught Ravenfolk. At this point, the scuttling noises that you had detected earlier jumps out from hiding and attacks. And this is where I made a joke because saying that Bruce the Barbarian cowered behind one of the columns. Mumble, <laughs> mumble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Bruce Almost. the Barbarian hid like a coward. It was Yella. He was naked and Yella. That's not a barbarian. That's just your opinion. And, and me being naked, you're just going to give everyone nightmares now. It's a horrible sight. His rage did usually come with a strange odor. It does. Tis an odd-looking crab, wearing a humanoid skull as a, as a shell. It goes after unarmored legs, pincers snapping, and tis almost laughable. It's just an overly large wee crab, and so it is dispatched with ease by the hero Thorn, but not afford the wee crab takes a pound of dwarven flesh. Amongst the shiny treasure, there is no black rocks. There do be hats, an armband, a stone file, and an odd bit of what looks like ancient tech, but no stone. Around a corner, Thorn and Volan find a collapsed passage, but there is a small gap. Perhaps they can squeeze through. When next they look the hole, they see the wiggling legs of the barbarian, as Bruce, who had just a moment ago been talking hats with Clicker, is now squeezing through the hole to and fro, mittens in every pot. Past some natural cavern passages, you find what lay on the other side of the class passage, a rectangular room with an odd-looking dais in the center. What is this room? Where is the black stone? We'll click her recover from her exhaustion. How about we find out? I have two questions. Go for it. One... My encumbrance seems to be a little too high, I feel like. 81? How's that possible? Oh, because it's 1,075 coins, and all of them weight, weigh uh, 0.02. Correct. Yeah, that should not be the case. They were... I used to have another extension that would put all of the... calculate all of that coins, and it would put it into, like three boxes one on top of each other at the bottom right of the inventory mm. but one player has a bag of holding and there's a new extension that came out that will actually total up how much you've got in your bag of holding and i thought that was really cool because it really sucks when you're trying to sit there how much you got left in your bag of holding and there's just no way of knowing mm. other than doing it so the other way to, to actually show the weight of the coins is that you put coins as an inventory item, you put the total number of coins you have, and every coin weighs 0 0.02. So every that, coin weighs 0 0.02? According to D&D 5e, yep. And I have that many? Yeah, that's what 
there was a crap ton collected from in the cenote. That's what it totaled to. Okay. Oh, that's, you know what? That's fine with me because the encumbrance doesn't matter anyway, since I have exhaustion three and they don't stack, right? I'm having <laughs> yeah, disadvantage <laughs> on, on all of my ability checks anyway, so. Everything and you move half speed. And yeah, and a couple of other things. What was the level three malice? There was something else. Um, minus two attack and or disadvantage to attack and disadvantage to attack roll uh, to checks, save rolls. Right? Saving throws, checks. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Second question. This crab, at least in fantasy grounds, and I just noticed this is called bone crab, but a crab has yep. no bones. So was this actually? A, bit of bone that was formed into a crab or is it just a hollow crab no or is it something very odd it's pretty much the same as um you know the name of this there to you called it the uh, hermit crab hermit, hermit crab yeah yeah they switch up their shells well this crab uses skulls as a shell okay gotcha there's something else about it too yeah okay so it's approximately 10 o'clock in the morning, the 21st of December, where the freshness of the early morning and the coolness of the cenote had buffered against the hot and muggy jungle. Here, in this aboleth's lair, it is oddly temperate and dry. A few hours have passed since your victory over the Chal. Discoveries have been made and bruises earned from guiding your weary bird folk companion through black caverns. Because she can't see. You now stand in front of an odd altar. And just so you know, Volan, why does she have exhaustion three? She had exhaustion two because she jumped into shallow water. She got exhaustion three because Bruce tried to, you know, heal her and ended up hurting her more. And with heal her, we mean Bruce tried to get the shoulder back in its pan and that didn't quite work out. Hmm. No. It was just unfortunate. Yeah, totally unfortunate. And then I had to waste a spell slot on Clicker because um, of what yeah. Brian did. Usually she's not worth it, but in that case, yeah, we had to it, waste it. It was just unfortunate. Yep. Of course. But let's just say that you're not making a good first impression on um, team whatever we are called. The plot thickens, you know. Okay. So yeah, you guys are now sitting into that last room. So the altar looks like top right of the battle map. The stone sphere is not floating like it is in the picture, but those three sockets, they're on each of the four sides of it. And I mentioned as well, there were, what was it? On top of the altar surrounding that stone fear are eight indentations. Small size, not very, not very big. They're circular indentations, not very deep either. What are you guys going to do? So what do we find in, um, in these areas here again? It was hats and what was the other thing? Stones? A jar of flat discs with a funny lid. Yeah. 
someone else in the party picked up all of that stuff? Yeah, and you yeah, don't know. Much got it. Clicker picked up everything after saying we shouldn't waste any time here, or we shouldn't yeah. um, in, in, enrage the, the Aboleth that is here, but then upon seeing the skull, and as everybody already slipped through the crack to move on, mm. she stayed there and picked up all the treasure. So if my memory is correct, the, the sides with the three indentations on them, they all had something in them but one. Is that correct? So on the east side was the three hats. On the west side... No, no, oh. I meant on the altar. Ah, okay, sorry, what was the question the then? On the altar, there were three indentations on each side of it. Well, and there was three sockets on each three side. Sockets. Yeah, three sockets. And so that's 12 altogether. And 11 of them are filled. occupied. One of them is, it's not. is and, empty. And the one that's empty, or the, the bit that fills the socket, looks like the lid of the jar yeah, that we so done. This is and the one object that you found. This was the picture of that one object that you found. And so the 11 that are yeah. filled look like... Oops. And that circle just went... The top bit of this here. Yep. And the discs that are inside this jar would fit into the indentations on the top of the altar. The discs inside this this jar here that that I just showed? No. Yep. They wouldn't. No. Okay. I'd suggest that we put the lid of the jar into the socket to start with. You want to? So, who has that? By the way, I think Clicker's got Everything it. Everything right? is in Clicker's possession, and nobody knows she has it, other than I think Volan, who came back. Yeah, because I think Volan guided you through the, the darkness. That was Thorn. Once she got back to the crack, ah. she held on to Thorn's hand. And you can't see a thing. That's right. So would I know then that Clicker has his stuff? I thought we did know. I think Volan said nothing so far. One of you do because one of you took some of the hats. So which of you, either Volan or Thorn, has the other hats? I don't see hats in my inventory. I have so a Thorn, wizard's hat. So Thorn would know. Yeah, there were three hats and everyone got one. There were three hats and everyone got one. Last time I checked, there's four people in the party. I already had a hat. Right, so everyone else got one. Hat. Yeah, everyone else has got one. And when you put the hat on your head, it fits you really well. No, the sombrero was the one that you picked up and tried on and it fit you, Bruce. And then, and I then threw you took it, it off yeah. and you threw it to Clicker and Clicker tried it on and she's wearing and, it now. And it fits really well. And you put your bowler hat back on. Yep. And, and the other one two wizard hat. Thorn picked up. And Volan gets the other one. Which was the Well can't remember. Thorn has them right now, so ultimately yep. Thorn can make that decision. So is it darkness in here as well? Yes. The only place that there was light was just from the, the lichen that provided dim light up to about about here, I was saying, somewhere around there. And after that, it was dark, dark, dark. And so that's why Clicker couldn't see a thing. Okay, so... I think I'm wrong, by the way. It must have been Thorn who picked her up, not Volan. 
as well in yeah. the yeah, player. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, it's not in my inventory. Um, so, um, if that's the case, I will pull out my candle and uh, set a light with the tinderbox, and um, I'll hand it over to Clicker and go, Oh, well, um, I think you'll well, be uh, needing this. We'll uh, have to uh, inspect this area, see if we can find the stone. Where are we? Uh, I don't rightly know. Some sort of a, a weird chamber. Are there corpses again? Uh, I, I don't know. I have a quick look around. Are you going to do, like, more than passively, or...? Uh, well, I will st I'll look around first, and then, if okay. I, um, then start looking around closer soon by the way that candle only gives you a five foot radius light so it's five foot radius yeah. dim light um a bright light i don't light, even and care about the light. mechanics to me a candle is like a reading light and pretty much nothing more i i do not have the perception that that even torches give you any reasonable amount of light but at least you have you, you can see somewhat <laughs> Right in front of her, yeah. She's yeah, yeah. not going to stumble. That's that's why I asked uh, what what the what where they where they are, what it looks like. You can draw like just a five foot bubble around yourself, clicker, to remind yourself. Sure. I would be a ten foot bubble because it's five and then five. Yeah, five foot radius. Yeah. Um, give me your perception check then, Thorn. Okay. Are we doing in the tower or just out in the open? Out oh, in the open's fine. 17. Coming in after having handed the candle to to Clicker, you turn around and you take a look. And more than seeing, you hear scuttling noises. These noises don't sound the same as that of the bone crab that you same you'd heard scuttling when you'd first come into that chamber with the skeleton, and you had caught just the slightest hint of the skull that went and hid behind one of the columns before it came out and attacked. You know what that sounds like. This sounds tiny compared to that and sounds like a few, not like a swarm, but a few. And it comes from, you hear the sound coming from over here and over here. Did you see that? I saw, mm -hmm. you got rid of the first arrow, but I see the second. Yeah, because when, when the you, little circles, when you write, when you right click and left click, it each time you do that, it just gets rid of the other one. So I, I'd actually have to draw in. This is just me being lazy. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there and there. Uh, um, well, I, I hear something up ahead. Let's uh, be careful. Uh, clicker, uh, can you uh, bring that uh, candle with, uh, with you? We're going to inspect up uh, nearby. And I start um, walking up to the top one, hoping Clicker will follow. I thought you can see. Uh, I can, but uh, the the candle will help. She nods, and moves over in a very slow fashion. Uh, she reaches out her hand to grab yours again. 
I'll, I'll guide her. I'll, I'll guide Granny Clicker. Yeah. As she comes over with her light, you catch sight of some black carapaces. A couple disappear, and there's just one left standing on the altar with his pincers up. A uh, tiny little black scorpion. Oh, well now. Um, oh, look. Mm. I've seen that before. Is uh, is that something that looks uh, appetizing to you there, Clicker? You see her tongue peek out between the, the beaks, or the beak halves, very quickly. She doesn't say anything, she's just focused on that scorpion. Oh, well now, who um, will be able to uh, inspect that uh, closer? I see Bruce over there is uh, not doing anything. I wander over and look at the scorpion. As soon as you walk over, Bruce, it quickly runs back into the little crevice back there that the other the other two had disappeared, and it disappears. Is there anything in the alcove? There is nothing. Well, give me an investigation check then. Oh, Brandon, your heavy footfalls scared it off. You look around carefully. That stone is on your mind. It's in your brain. And uh, it's just dust. Yep. Hey, Clicker. Give me the lid off your jar. You're not aware that she has it. Oh, aren't I? Okay. Unpossible, just had to duck out for a second. Uh, can I check out this? Is there, because we've been crawling through this cavernous thing. Um, can I check out this, like, rock fall over here? Is there any, like, passages through here? Or is it just, like, a natural fall on? Give me an investigation check. And a perception check. Two holes. Making me work for it. Perception. I mean, you can't. <laughs> Two for perception, four for investigation. I mean, you're looking at it, you're kind of staring there. I mean, it's still early in the morning. What it is that's going on in your mind, I don't know. You tell me what's throwing you off your game. Uh, you know, I kind of stubbed my foot. I stubbed my foot when I walked over there, and I didn't want anyone else to see it. <laughs> so he's like, holding it in. <laughs> you also, as you step down and after you stub stubbed your foot, you kind of do a little jump from after you stubbing it, trying to hide that you've done it. And when you, your, your foot comes back down, you hear the sound of crunching glass. I look down on my foot. <laughs> is there glass? There is glass down there, yes. Little bits and broken broken pieces of something or other. I'll pick up a piece of glass. Is it colored in any way? It is opaque in color. And 
looking at it there with your dark vision, there looks like there is some sort of a marking on it, but it's really hard to tell. Also, uh, is there, just as we walk through this room, is there anything on the walls, like any cliffs of some sort or markings, or is it just kind of cavernous? It is. Looking at this, it's... Well, you wouldn't know, but Thorn could tell this room is extremely, extremely old. Yeah. And what markings or things might have been on the wall, everything has worn down. It is odd. I mean, the shelves there with the indentations on them, they are stone. The dais with the big stone sphere, it is looks like one of the only things that remains intact within this, this room. Okay. Can I tell who made this? Through my historic historical knowledge? Give me a, a history check at advantage. Okay. Could you add advantage? Eleven. Yeah, drop the one. You go through, you know, accounting of all the things that you've studied in the past. I mean, back in the underbarrels, you were able to work out that it, those things were fae in origin. I mean, even the the legends of the elves, which haven't been seen in centuries, you've got inklings as to what their kind of architecture used to be and, and maybe one day you would visit at Midgard and, and check it out but this is really odd to you this in fact perhaps this really makes you excited because you've never ever encountered architecture like this before in all of your studies and um, do I have an understanding of what kind of uh, function this room would perform no. Okay. It is outside of what you have studied. Okay, so that's just an FYI of what, yeah. what I yeah, can do. Yeah, I know. But yeah. Yeah. If you rolled better, I would have changed that answer. But yes, yeah, I yeah. am aware of that. All right. So I'll be trying to hide my fascination at um, entering this room and, and not realizing what it is or... Um, who, who made it um, I'll, I'll keep that secret for now but um, I'll start wandering around and seeing if I can find uh, with the clicker's uh, light source help uh, anything of note around the room so I'll sl slowly circle it uh, investigating or yep. perceiving right. clicker is going to follow you uh, I've been a little preoccupied with my little two fur friends who have been going at it uh I, but I, I've had a couple of ideas what we can do here, so please describe to me again. We have four pillars, and on top of each pillar, there's one small indentation. No. Nope. Those pillars reach up to the ceiling. Okay. And the altar in front of you is... Oh, let me remove some pictures so I can get back to the description of this thing. It's two feet tall. The stone sphere that's resting on top of it is one is one foot a one foot 
diameter diameter yes not circumference diameter sphere this sphere looks like it's stone on top of that altar so on the top portion of the altar where the stone is resting there are eight circular indentations that are quite shallow on the side of the two foot part of the altar so there's four sides to the altar and on each of those four sides there are three slots so that's 12 slots altogether 11 of them are occupied and the occupied ones the top or the, what's sticking out of those is identical to that cylinder that you've got in your backpack okay cool so yeah uh, clicker is just gonna follow thorn along um look at that altar repeatedly shaking her head and eventually when we made the the entire round around the room she uh, tries to free her hand says at altar it's missing a device from the front I uh, have it here uh, uh do you oh well well thanks uh clicko um do you want me to put it in I don't know if that's a good idea okay let's let's inspect this I, I have no idea what this room does so I mean a caution would be uh, uh well placed uh for a room like this um do um, can, have we gone around the room yet to see if there's anything else of note? No. Um, so I'll look to click and go, uh, how about we uh, circumnavigate this uh, room first and see if there's anything else um, that uh, can uh, help us to uh, determine what this room does. So we'll go and she do that. She nods, but she keeps... Or she... she is clearly enchanted by the look of this altar and super prominent thorn you can feel now she that she grab your hand again that there is there's this involuntary pull towards the altar over and over as if she was as if she was trying to go there unconsciously I'll, I'll be trying to make sure that um i'll keep one hand firmly on one of her feathered, feathered arms so she's not um enacting anything uh before the right time all right give me your investigation then okay oh it's a three two. Wow. Do I get advantage because well, Clicker's with me? <laughs> nope. Uh, Clicker is not looking at anything other than the altar. I mean, if there is anything to, to learn about the altar, I, I can support you with that or roll investigation on my own just for the altar. I'm too distracted about stopping Clicker from doing anything silly. Yeah. Of course. Makes total sense. Regardless, though, as you are moving around and the light gets closer to this little shelf here, I mean, you still hear the scuttling. This shelf is it is empty now, but you hear the scuttling coming from over here. And as you and the light source move over there, again, a couple of black 
carapaces disappear into a crevice, but two remain sitting on that shelf, watching as you as the two of you approach. Again, their pincers kind of up in this air, up in the air, like in some kind of a gesture. What kind of gesture is it? Is it like the universal fingers up, uh, like middle finger upside, or no. <laughs> like <laughs> scorpions with their pincers giving it the bird? No. <laughs> <laughs> In my mind, you know, like you, you see um, the sand crabs, how they lift their, their claws up just as something that potentially threatening comes close before they scuttle uh, okay. off. That same kind of deal. So nothing else apart from them? Like there's no other objects around? With an investigation of three, you can't help but see them standing there as the two of you approach. But Clicker's gotten you too distracted at the moment to focus on what your what other things that you may or may not be seeing and um the the rubble to the south um nothing of interest there i'm guessing either well so far all you know is you heard volan stub it well you seen volan over there did some kind of an odd looking move bent down picked something up you heard a little bit of tinkling of glass so we'll keep keep doing our circuit. Uh, do we do any other checks, or is it just the one check for the whole area? We could say that on the north wall, you did a check. Here on the east wall, you can do a check. On the south wall, you can do a check. On the west wall, you can do a check. With Dias, you can do a check. Okay, so have we, have we done north and east wall now? You've done north. Okay, I'll do east wall. Is it another investigation? Yep. It's a little better. As you approach where the shelf is, those two scorpions, they do not move. They stay there as you and Clicker approach, continuing that gesture, not running off as the other one had when Bruce came up. I'll get closer, but not within striking distance, I hope. They still don't move, and as you get closer, it's kind of odd. Where are your guys' positions? Is it pretty much exactly that clicker slightly south of you? He'll, yeah, so he'll be slightly, oh sorry, he, she will be slightly behind me um, because A, I'm guiding so north her. north in this case, yeah. Yeah. I'm behind him. In that case, as you get a little bit closer, Thorn, their pincers so come like down. Yeah. Sorry, what did you say? When, when they get when we get closer, no, no, the pincers come down. Pegable. As okay. Thorn gets closer, the pincers come down. So are they becoming a bit more passive? You could give me an animal handling check to try to guess. You are fairly confident in your thinking here with the scorpions that, yeah, they certainly are looking a lot more passive. Uh, clicker. Clicker is uh, still entranced by the altar. Just, just turn to the uh, to your uh, left, Clicker. See those uh, scorpions? Uh, are you doing anything to make them less uh, angry or agitated? Uh, didn't you have one before? Uh, there was one before, but it uh, ran away. Uh, I'm going to 
Oh, no, what? I mean this Sean person, the the redheaded one. Didn't he take a scorpion from us? Oh yes, uh, that is true. Um, that was uh, some sort of uh, essence of um, of uh, that uh, fairy lady. Do you have? Wait. Maybe some of us have some sort of affinity. They like us. I'd like uh, to eat them. Maybe we uh, don't uh, try to eat them just yet. I'll, I'll walk up slowly and hold my hand out and see what happens. Hoping I won't get stung. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? As you hold out your hand... This is going to end well. Both scorpions... Just climb onto on top of your hand. Now, Clicker, please don't uh, try and eat them off my hand. Um, this is uh, strange. Uh, can anyone talk to these beasts? I am trying to wonder what we can do. Volan looks at it. Clicker starts to imitate the clacking noises of their scissors. <laughs> no, their pincers. <laughs> In your hand, you see the scorpions quickly turn towards Clicker as she makes this noise. Their pincers kind of lift a little bit, but they come back down. And with that animal handling check, you got the very clear and feeling that they were a little bit startled by the sound but they've returned to being a little bit passive. And then something odd happens. And I'm gonna take you to the next channel. Oh boy. For some strange reason, you don't speak insect. You don't have the ability to communicate with creatures. But in your mind, for some reason, you get the a feeling that you know their names and you're not sure why it makes no sense to you and at the same time is one jack and the other one jill <laughs> no one's name is Zkt and the other one's name is scott you're gonna have to write that down <laughs> i'll put it in i'll put it <laughs> in the whisper to you there's too many x's and z's in that Zit. And you get the feeling that, I mean, you don't hear words. You're sure that this is their names. You're also sure that they're from the same brood or what's called a bed. You don't know why you know this. You've never studied scorpions. It's just really odd that this comes to you. And as that comes to you, you kind of start to remember. I mean, you've seen scorpions almost everywhere you've ever been. I mean, you grew up in Perkush. You went and studied in Perbastet. You were out in Safsaf. In all of these locations, you've always seen scorpions. But, I mean, scorpions are in a desert. Everybody sees scorpions. Never gave it too much, two thoughts before. But this is odd. 
any quarterback. They haven't they haven't behaved that way when I've seen them in the past. It's like something that you're familiar with for all your life and you never really think about it too much unless someone else points out something to you then all of a sudden it's like it becomes more prominent in your thinking maybe this is odd make sense okay well yeah i'm just trying to work out whether i've seen this behavior before or it's only now that it's happened you you've seen them before You've seen aggressive scorpions. You've seen them run away. You've seen some that have stuck stuck about. It's, and I mean, you sit and try to think back. You know, when even when you were a child, do you remember? And you don't actually have. Uh, you don't remember anything particular about it. Maybe your dad might. Ah, who wants to talk to my dad? <laughs> He's a pain. I hear you. I hear you. Nothing ever good comes from him. If only where there was an NPC there to roleplay with you for that. <laughs> I know. Anything else? Totally forgotten. Yeah. No, no, not for now. Okay. Um, I'll drag us back then. We're back. We're back. Um... Well, I'm going to put these uh, little uh, munchkins uh, back down. Um, uh, it's an uh, interesting um, behavior, but uh, I really don't know um, exactly uh, what they're trying to get across here. And I'll put them back down. Hopefully they'll cl crawl off. I'll look meaningfully at them. They do uh, clamber off and they turn and they look back at you. And... As you look at them, you get a very distinct impression as they turn and leave and head out and just not in a, a rush, but just disappear down the same crevice that the other ones disappeared. It was almost like they said goodbye. That is not the normal behavior for scorpions. That is not their nature. I mean... You just worked that out. <laughs> what do we, do we see anything, or did he just like kind of look at them and then put them down and say that? You didn't, uh, other than him extending his hand out and then them, them crawling onto his hand, and then he just, you know, I don't know what you did when they were on your hand, whatever you want to say about that, but then when he put them back down, they just walked off. Okay, that is odd certainly was odd what you don't see is my tail is actually uh, a rigid scorpion tail <laughs> wrapped around your leg hidden in your britches <laughs> all right um so we'll keep inspecting this room slowly right. give me your southern roll and and i'll look at clicker and i tell her um i i, I think uh Maybe we uh, don't eat those uh, scorpions. They, uh, um, they may be useful. How do you know? I call it a tiefling intuition. She glints her eyes and then looks back at the altar and all is forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what were we talking about? Ooh, altar. Uh... <laughs> 
Alright, I'll slowly um, circumnavigate the room. We'll move to the south. Okay, give me a roll. It's dirty 13. Yeah, that's fine. 13. Certainly a lot better than uh, what it was it there before the Volan roll. Three. It was really bad. You do also notice a lot of opaque looking glass laying on the floor but you do notice there oh amongst that rubble there's actually a small jar does it look similar to the one that uh, clicker would have picked up no not at all is it in is it all in one piece or is it shattered it is all in one piece it is okay i put it into the um inventory it is sealed closed it's opaque and there are you can see there are certainly something written on it and it goes with what you have uh, intuited about this room from your archaeological background is it's clearly extremely old and the runes on it i mean they look somewhat like Nurian, but that's not Nurian. Um, so I pick it up and I show it to uh, Clicker and say, uh, well, um, this is a, a very odd looking uh, item. I'm going to pocket this for now. Uh, so it's actually got text on it, does it? Yep. Hey, uh, Voland, uh, are you able to uh, read this for me? And I pass him over uh, the item. Clicker doesn't even move his her beak as she looks at it from the corner of her eye and then immediately looks back at the altar. Doesn't say I, anything. I'm going to have to point out, you said his first. <laughs> I <did>. Nice. <laughs> I did. Ouch. Mistakes happen. Yeah. <laughs> at least it's not my 14th time doing that. <laughs> the, the dagger goes in and it turns Bartholomew can't help it that's uh, a gotcha moment I did it many many times yes when you give that over to Volan with some odd reason he is able to tell that the ruins are actually in a language called that. That is the language. And it reads Vril Cream. For all those unsightly um, rashes. <laughs> it regrows your hair. Mm. And your thorns. Your thorns, your horns. Oh, Volan's just come back. <laughs> <laughs> Missed all that out. So, Volan, you just stubbed your toe in the, the rubble back there when Thorn gave it a little bit more of a how-to, what-for. He found a jar, extremely old, intact. It had uh, words written on it, and you mm. were able to decipher it as in the language called Antediluvian, and... Vril Cream. Now, your archaeological background, you know that name. 
and it, there's stories of a race of humans millennia ago but its stories say they disappeared under the waters under the waters did you say yes so Just for that out in the one oceans? listener who is not a native english speaker uh, and suffers from the same fate as me it's not real cream it is v-r-i-l real cream real cream yes i keep hearing real cream this is the real deal <laughs> it's the real deal cream <laughs> just put a bit of this on your tongue and all your woes will disappear antediluvian for all intents and purposes is like atlantis of course right so yeah okay that's that's what we're thinking atlantis very similar idea okay well now i, I mean i'm assuming volden indicates what what the word is and and the language oh yeah uh i do well that's a harder sort of uh i did not know that the uh, anti-deluvians uh, actually existed Um, as, as far as I'm aware, and I really don't have uh, much information on them because it wasn't my area of study, they are uh, um, uh, sort of a fabled race that uh, disappeared under the waters. Uh, quite powerful from what I can gather. But, um, you know, uh, it could be uh, historians boasting or trying to uh, make their... Uh, work more important really it didn't come with any sort of uh, information to uh, indicate that they were real let me see if they were good locksmiths and she now tries to um get rid of your grasp i mean i don't <laughs> hold on mm -hmm. and um, she puts the candle in her movable arm rather than just keeping in the same place in front of her body with a with a not intact one not fully intact anyway and she moves over to the altar and looks into the empty space the empty slot tries okay. to see anything and if she can't she's going to reach inside with her hand and feel if there are any indentations Anything that feels like a, a lock mechanism. Okay. Perception check, please. Ten. So, and I, I should say, because you are a locksmith, you could probably do this at advantage. Wouldn't have helped. That would have been a 14 then. But any which way, it, it really doesn't matter because <clears throat> passively you would still understand this. It's true. So when you reach your hand down into the socket, you can feel threads that go in a clockwise direction as they sink down. And at the bottom of that socket, it doesn't even go up to your elbow in distance. It's not far at all because the, the cylinder itself is not that not that large you feel an object at the bottom there 
it's smooth, but it, it feels like you could pull it out. Becca pulls it out. And in your hand you hold you hold a black stone with a rune on it. Does anyone else see this? Do I, I mean, recognize this? Uh where your locations are well, I mean I guess you're standing around. Oh, she's gonna show it to you in a moment. So it doesn't really matter. With the way she's in in front of it, as she pulls it out, I don't think anybody would notice other than she put her arm in and, and pulled her arm out. So do I recognize the rune? And did it feel like it belonged in that mechanism? Or was it like a side pocket that doesn't really... First question, no, you do not recognize the rune. Second question, yes, it did feel like it belonged in that socket. Okay, so she turns around and holds... Wait, she can't hold it up? Uh, can she... can she... Uh, put the cat... Jesus. Can she put the candle on the on the altar without it falling over? No, because the sphere kind of comes up right there. So, mm -hmm. I mean, those indentations that are around there, I mean, you could probably barely fit the candle. I mean, the size of that indentation is roughly coin-sized. And you can't stick the candle inside that because the, the circumference of the candle is slightly wider than sure. the, the coin slot. And then there's the sphere that kind of curves up right away. So the, this the altar is not like is, super fat. Yeah, the, the sphere is just a just a stone thing. So, so what she does is she uh, she. If, um, if I see her trying to put the candle down, um, I'll sure. I'll move up and, and hold the candle for her. Oh, she she's already on it. She just holds out the candle and waits until some wax drops on top of the up, top of the sphere. And then she places the candle down in the wax, so it doesn't fall over on top of the sphere. Okay. As you do that, I'd like everybody to give me a perception check as you do that. As you place the candle on top of the sphere. Five. Ten for clicker. Or no, sorry, a five for clicker, a twenty-three for thorn, a twenty for volan, and a four for bruce. Thorn and volan, you notice that as that the light of the candle flickers, there's a really odd shifting sort of of something about that spherical stone that is a little bit surprising. You didn't it looked like a stone. From your dark vision point of view, it just looked like a stone. When the light came closer to it, there was kind of like a shine or a sheen and it kind of seemed to slowly move and then fade away. What, the stone spheres faded away? No. Just the, the sheen, sheen on it. To the stone sphere. And as the light moved and was placed on top of it, the sheen kind of just slowly faded away as the movement of the candle came up on top of it. Okay, I'll, I'll move up to the candle, not knowing what clicker has, and, and pluck the candle and go, Oh, Volan, did you see that? And I'll try and shine the candle around the sphere um, as a way to try and get it hap to happen again. I did. And yeah, he, he, Lolan walks up to the sphere too and starts examining it. I further. found this little stone. It has some magical zimbajim on it. Oh, what? Um, sh show me, clicker. Some zimbajim. And she shows you this stone with <laughs> what a rope. What the heck is that? <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know what that means, but... No, no, I mean, everybody knows what Bazumashum means, of course. <laughs> clearly, clearly that is a that is something from a culture. Maybe a Ravenfolk uh, thing for... Yeah. Would I recognize it as the item uh, that we uh, desire, considering they described it? It sounds like the description. Yeah, sounds like the description. Okay, okay. And Volan, looking at the rune, you can see that you can actually read that rune, and the rune reads Vril. So, um, I ask Clicker, uh, pocket that quickly. She looks around from the corner of her eyes, left, right, and quickly puts it away. Bruce, here, well, Bruce heard that you found the stone. Bruce, when that candle was moving around, as Thorn was talking to Clicker about this, but as that candle was moving around, that bit of that sheen, how it seemed to move on the stone as the calendar, so as the calendar, as the cal candle moved, that sheen also seemed to move. And to you as a dwarf, this is blows your mind. This is not what stone does. With the perception of one. Okay. I just assumed I didn't see anything. You didn't see anything when they put the candle up, when Clicker went and put it up on top. In the act of Volan or Thorn moving the candle around to see and re-witness what he's seen, yes, then you would have seen passively. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm going over to because I've heard the heard Clicker say she found the stone, and having seen a real stone before, I'm going over to have a look at it. Show me the stone. Clicker looks at Thorn, still not moving her head, just looking at him. In the corner of eye after just pocketing the stone there's almost an imperceptible um shaking of the head <laughs> uh, give me your sleight of hand check clicker let's see how well you do with your probably not too weariness. well yep eight <laughs> bruce you do catch as she seems to put something in her pocket yeah so show me the the stone Clicker puts all the stone from her pocket and just flashes it and puts it away again. This is Ivan, I'm 28, and I'm the community manager of Hammerdog Games. And I'm going to be playing Clicker, a Ravenfolk locksmith. Hello, my name is Atua, and I will be playing Thorn of the Tiefling Bard. Hi, my name's Mick, and I'll be playing Bruce, or Bert, or Bob, Bongo, Bingo, Barabbas, Bartholomew, Barry, Bernard. Hi, my name is Ryan, also known as Unlucky Geek on Mixer. I'll be playing the Trollkin Warlock named Valen. And then there is me. I am Dagaba, and you're listening to a Crimson Nib podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at CrimsonNib or at Facebook.com slash CrimsonNib. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please rate and review me on Google Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, good people, adieu.